So how do we know if our young children are ready for school? Your child's social, emotional, and behavioral skills are equally critical to school success, and too many U.S. children start kindergarten without them. Today, my guest, Mary Duncan, will be talking just about school readiness. Mary Duncan has a PhD in education, a master's degree in teaching, and has taught in various grade levels over the last 30 years as a certified teacher. She's a motivational instructor who strives to differentiate instruction to meet students' needs for both classroom and online training, as well as provide resources to enhance the learning experience. Welcome to the Gems of Motherhood, Mary. It's so good to have you on the show. Thank you so much, Sharon, for inviting me. I'm glad to be here. Absolutely. Mary, I am so excited about this topic because, as you know, I have a little one, so it's just right up my alley. And uh, I'm sure a lot of listeners will benefit and listening to all of your gem wisdom about school readiness. Now, what does school readiness really means? Oh, that's a good question, Sharon. You know, it, it If you take a look at it from a lot of different perspectives, you could define it differently. But what I'm going to look at, first of all, is taking a look at it as a term. It basically means it's a milestone in a child's life showing that the child is ready emotionally. The child has Mm. the skills to listen, um, not only pay attention, but wait their turn. So there's a lot of different factors that go into school readiness, and Mm. you can look at it from the school district standpoint, you know, they're saying, is the child old enough? From a parent's perspective, you're taking a look at, is the child ready to learn? And from the child's perspective, are they um, curious? Do they have an interest in the things around them? Mm -hmm. So when we take a look at school readiness, those are a lot of the factors that take place. But my book, interestingly enough, comes from the heart of the child. And if I were a child and I could speak to a mother and say, mom, play is how I work. You know, we as moms, we make meals, we fold the clothes. Those are our work. We may have an outside job. We may do all sorts of things. But for Mm -hmm. a child, their play is their work. Mm. And so play is a very significant part of the learning process. So anyway, school readiness, that's that's a very long description to your yeah, question. Yeah. Talk about that a little bit more. I mean, you talk about play and we all know that play is so important in terms of helping a child build certain milestones. I mean, you know, whether they're playing by themselves or playing with another friend, um, there are so many different things that they learn. If they're playing with a friend, they're learning how to take turns. They're learning how to share. You know, there's that social aspect of it. But I would love to hear from you to talk a little bit more about why is play work for them and how does that get them ready for school? Oh, beautiful. Um, And you've just summarized it so well, the social, emotional. um, There's so many aspects to preparing our children. Uh, You've hit the nail on the head. So what my book takes a look at is play. And I try to equip the mom with the knowledge of how long a child's attention span is. Mm -hmm. And uh, because for a young child, let's just say that's two years old, their attention span is going to be about six minutes. Whereas opposed to something like a four-year-old child, their attention span will be about 12 minutes. And I'll talk about that in the book. I'll also talk about the cycles of a child's day Mm -hmm. and the cycles that a child goes in and out of and when 
to have certain activities, large muscle activities or more fine motor activities. Mm -hmm. And so I go into a lot. I wish I had more time, but that's really more in depth. I also have free videos that help to equip moms with that. My um, research population um, were teen mothers. Mm -hmm. And for them, they needed more video. They love to be able to have things read to them because they are doing so many things at one time. And a lot of times they're single moms. Mm -hmm. And so by hearing their heart, finding their needs and how I can help to equip them. That's where a lot of these different things have come from. So on my website, Tools for Motherhood, I've got a lot of little tutorials. Oh, they may be just a few minutes and then others are longer and uh, really go more in depth about, for example, how to have those teachable moments. Mm. You know, there's five key points, do as a mom. But coming back to what I focus on in the book is equipping the mom on the brain and how we impact it as mothers, we really do make a difference. And then secondly, I talk about attention span. I talk about bonding and how important that is. I also help uh, talk about building vocabulary. Oh, that is such a key thing uh, to help our children. Our children really, interestingly enough, understand more words than they're able to speak. Mm -hmm. And uh, I also talk about specific times of the day that you can include in new words that they're learning and reinforce those. Because by the time uh, our children are around six years old, they're learning about one new word an hour, Mm, which is amazing. So as we're, you know, we go to the park or we go to the zoo or we're at home and we're out in the backyard and we see a caterpillar and we we say the word and we talk about it and they they experience it, just building that love for learning. Mm-hmm. Interestingly enough, too, with our young children, for example, what I like to focus on in the book is breaking the five main subject areas, which is pre-math, pre-science, pre-social studies, pre-writing and pre-reading. And then I break those down into each of the years and what we can do to build uh, those foundational pegs towards the learning process. So when they get to school, so for example, um, starting off at about 10 months old, eight to 10 months, our little ones will be in their high chair and we're cleaning up the kitchen. They're finishing up, but they're, you know, playing with maybe some Cheerios that they're feeding themselves or whatever. And they've got a toy up there and they drop it over the side. Well, Mm -hmm. up until a certain point, it drops over and they just continue on, not even thinking about that toy again. But there will be a day that they will actually look out over their high chair um, the 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 part the tray mm-hmm. in front, and they're looking for the toy. That is the moment that object permanence begins. That concept is a pre math concept, mm-hmm. and it helps to build towards one to one correspondence. Um, for example, when our children are you know a little older than that, and we give them, for example, an egg carton, and we give them little bears, and they put one little bear in each one of the egg cartons. Mm-hmm. Um, Again, the whole foundational process of getting ready for school can be broken up into age sections and then um, 
different um, content areas. Yeah. And I'm sure like at every different age, there is a um, different learning development. Now, as a child get ready for kindergarten, right? There are certain schools, I'm not sure if all schools does it, but they do require for children to go for testings before they enter kindergarten. What should the parents look for or help the child to get ready for kindergarten? That's funny. I I actually wrote for one school the test that they use, and I think they're still using it. And that was uh, over a decade ago, maybe a couple decades ago. But just um, basic things of, of course, um, colors, um, some of their numbers, if they can, how far can they count? And uh, for a lot of children, it's more of rote counting is what it's called. And rote counting would be just saying a string of sounds that they don't really understand what it means yet. For mm-hmm. example, they may say one, two, five, four, seven, um, and, and not a logical order, but they don't understand yet what two means. Two would mean two little bears in a cup. Um, or five uh, no. Well, for some children, actually, Sharon, to be honest with you, yes. I taught first grade and I had a little one. Um, I was teaching the concept of addition where two plus three would equal five. Mm-hmm. And the sixth grade little girl did not understand that two, the number two, meant two objects. Okay. It had not even been developed, which is why, Sharon, it's funny. When I was a classroom teacher, I I taught a little bit older and I kept thinking, okay, I'm going to go a year younger and I'm going to go a year younger. And I want to develop those skills so that when they come to this next grade, they'll be ready. And I kept going younger and younger. And I finally realized when I got down to first grade and I helped out some with kindergarten, it was the preschool years where the foundation really could be developed. And that's where the mother is the first and mm-hmm. most important teacher. Mm-hmm. And so when I was a teacher, I thought if I could equip mothers so that they understood how to help with the learning process, then children could come to school more ready. Mm-hmm. And so that's where, and then when the pandemic hit, I kept hearing from moms, I'm home all day with my little one. What am I going to do with her or him? Um, I don't know what to do. Please help. And yeah. so I would send over some ideas. And uh, anyway, it just kept going from there. And, and then the book, finally, I, I have to get this book out. So, yeah. Yeah. So as you were saying, I'm sorry to cut you off, but as you were saying, what are certain things that parents should look out for their child to help them to be ready for a kindergarten testing? Yes. All right. So understanding basic shapes. What is a triangle? What is a square? Mm -hmm. Uh, What is a rectangle? Also something like following instructions. Mm -hmm. For example, while the child is sitting there, can they pick up their pencil. If the the instructor said, can you, all right, pick up your pencil and go ahead and write something or draw a picture or something. Can the child follow a couple of instructions? Mm -hmm. You know, for each of the schools or school districts, there is a way you can find out what specifically you would like to, what is it that they're looking for? Mm -hmm. Because it's not just the skills. It's not just the age is the child ready for it? Mm-hmm. I know when I did a lot of uh, helping out with some testing with some of the, the children, boys especially had a hard time sitting still. 
They had a hard time, and not to characterize it because there's girls in that category as well. But if by chance you are able to, your child is one of the youngest ones, Mm -hmm. you can give them a gift of another year. And I remember specifically one boy in particular who is now a grown man and now Mm -hmm. a teacher himself. But I remember when his parents, um, good friends of mine, and we tested him and I said, you know, I would probably give him the gift of another year. And at the time, the parents, you know, oh, well, I'm working full time. I really, you know, would like to get him into school. And, and, um, but then overall, he ended up waiting the year. Mm -hmm. And it was cool because as I saw, as I watched him develop through his grade school years, middle school years, and then play basketball in high school and do outstanding in sports, he was the one that, you know, a good family home and he got his, um, driver's license first. And uh, so kids would ride with him. And so whatever track we put our children on kindergarten, that's the track that they will stay on for the remainder of the 12 years. Mm -hmm. Um, So if in doubt, give them another year and uh, listen to what the uh, uh, principals say, the instructors say, whoever is testing your child. So yeah, that's what I would go with. Yeah, no, that's great advice. So what are some ways that we can help our children build their vocabulary? I know when you mentioned earlier, you said there is a certain time where you put in certain vocabulary to them. So can you expand a little bit more? Yes, that excellent question, Sharon. And really, if you're starting with any of the main content areas, literacy skills would be the key one. So you've really capitalized on the first, uh, a very, very powerful one. Um, Children that come from poverty tend to have a lower literacy skills and vocabulary understanding. So the more we can talk with our children, the more we can ask them questions, they're developing those problem-solving skills. And as we introduce them to new things in their environment, we are like their, their interpreter to this world. They don't know what a butterfly is. They don't know what a pretty flower is or the stars in the sky or the beautiful leaves that are falling. They don't know the words. Mm -hmm. And so as we introduce, take time to introduce our child to that, that really becomes probably the most important thing that we start with. Reading with our children. My my goal with young moms is to uh, let them know that this is not something that you have to go out and buy really expensive toys. It's mm-hmm. not something that you have to spend hours a day. My goal is to let moms know we can make a difference in nine to 15 minutes a day using simple things from around our home. And in the books that I share, I, I didn't have a lot when I was a young mom. So right. I used what I had. I used things that I recycled. And uh, by using those things, it's the interaction that we have with our child that helps in that learning process. Mm -hmm. So reading to them, introducing them, labeling their environment, uh, telling them what they are, and then reinforcing those skills like um, when you're sitting at the high chair, using descriptive words as they're eating it. This is salty or sweet. Mm -hmm. Uh, They may not understand all that you're saying, but just spend the day talking with them right? as if they do. Right. And uh, that's a great way to get started. And I also think that, you know, when you do that at a young age, and even if they don't understand, there would come a time all of a sudden they would use those words and you're like, oh, 
did I ever use that word in front of them? <laughs> yes, yes, that's great. <laughs> you know, yeah, it's uh, kids are just, uh, they're amazing. They just amazes you. They are. That's so true. And as you talk about sharing about vocabulary and reading and using what we have in the environment, I think that's also a great way to help our children to enhance their imagination and creativity. Because when they don't have, they have little to play with, they use whatever they can to build their imagination and make the best of everything that they have. Right. Exactly. Oh, you're exactly right. And I also find that some children, you know, when they're given toys, it's something new. They'll play with it for a couple of days and then they'd rather play with a box. (laughs) That is so true. (laughs) That is, you know, and just uh, using what we have around the house. I took a trip down to Haiti and worked at an orphanage. And while I was there, obviously, we we didn't have a lot of toys to play with. And my my concept or what I wanted to do was to work with young children to uh, use things in the environment around us and to help build these foundational skills. And one of the little girls I was working with, um, obviously the play yard is all, we were in Haiti at the time and uh, the the ground is all sandy and lots of rocks. And so I got a cup um, well, actually, it was a piece of trash. I taped together to make a cup and then I put a whole bunch of rocks in it, little rocks. And then I took it over to the picnic table where she and I were sitting and we don't speak the same language. So I had to use my voice and um, enunciate the stones differently, like big, little, big, little. And so I used my voice and we were able to play a game. And I was teaching her the ABAB pattern, large, small, large, small. Mm -hmm. And so as I described that to her, my goodness, she took off with it and started this whole string of all these little rocks. Another little girl came by, another little girl came by. We had all these little rocks. And so it's it's something that foundational skills are being built in their environment with just a few minutes of playtime and then letting them go and expand and learn more about it. We mm-hmm. could then develop an ABC pattern another day. Um, and once again, just using things from around the home. Yeah, I know. That's great. Now, can you share some important milestones that a two, three, four-year-old should hit before heading to kindergarten? Oh, I I wish I could from the standpoint, if there was an exact science to it, Sharon, there's so many variables to take into consideration that if I hit, if I, if I shared exact things that a child at the the age of two years, one month, 99% of the children probably wouldn't hit that because Mm -hmm. they would either be over it or under it, um, or they may excel at that one and not in another. So, um, Basically, in the book, what I've given the mom are a palette of ideas, a palette of things that they can include into their day. And um, with that understanding, no pressure, just have fun with your little one. And as the two of you begin to develop that teacher-child, mother-child, teacher-learning relationship, that goes into the elementary school as well. Mm -hmm. And then the school is really hoping that the parent is involved in the school. Mm -hmm. And so as 
uh, the Not teachers all schools. as well. <laughs> no, especially exactly. these, especially these days. I think that there are certain schools that try to push parents out of the yes. educational system. <laughs> yes, Sharon, I I think you're right. And the only reason I say that I just written a brand new graduate course and I taught it for the first time over the last few weeks with some teachers on how um, to include in parents because research shows parent involvement increases student success Mm -hmm. and especially in our minority um, school districts and so I what I'm trying to do is to help equip teachers to let them know how to include in parents how do they define the task how can they give those out you know and have parents help out but parents being involved in their child's education even if they don't come to school if if teachers could allow Parents, for example, I I talked with one parent and they were saying that um, for them, um, the teacher had asked for them to, for example, put a put a, a handful of coins on the table and have their child work on learning that the fork is going to cost six cents. So this first grade child is going to count out six cents to buy the fork. And then the mac and cheese was going to be 16 cents. So the child would count out 16 cents. So I so appreciated the fact that the teacher equipped the parent to help with the child's learning process. By doing that, that reinforces the child in the classroom. And then all three of them have a solid foundation of mutual desire to help that child Uh, really grow and develop. Mm, That's awesome. Now, what do you think about screen time for young children? Like, how about those educational screen time app? What do you think about that? Well, you know, I think that that is just part of the times. Uh, I've I've had different classmates when I was working on my doctorate that that took a look at that, and I've heard um, pros and cons on both sides. Um, where I come from um, with what I talk about. My desire is the play experience between the mother and child, Mm -hmm. the bonding time, the uh, one-on-one development time. So it's not really in the league of uh, the reinforcement of apps and things like that. I think that's what we're going to always have. But what I want to equip mothers with is the thought of they personally are their child's first and most important teacher. The app isn't. The computer's not. She is. She holds them. You know, it's cool to share. And when a baby is first born, within that first three months, they only see about 18 inches. So really the first thing that they see is the face of the mother. Mm -hmm. So if the face of the mother is responding to that little one, that's what the child's brain is craving. Mm. Um, If the mother's looking over here at the app and the child is trying to respond to the mother, the cooing or the kicking, and there's no response back, the child eventually realizes I'm not a value. But if the mother could take their phone down for a little bit, respond to their child, bonding with them. When the child makes a, you know, a sound, bubble sounds with their mouth um, and the mother bubbles, makes bubble sounds back, they're communicating in the child's language. That is enhancing the child's self-esteem, saying I'm worth it. Um, So that's what I want to encourage moms to do. Spend time with their little ones. Look at them. Talk to them. Ask them questions. Mm -hmm. Help their problems solving skills, which take place in the frontal lobe of the brain. Right. And um, all those things are essential 
to the maturity and the growth of the young child. And um, it all comes back to the mom. She is so vitally important. That's so awesome. Thank you for sharing all of that. Now, Mary, your book just hit number one as uh, the best-selling book on Monday. Where can our audience, where can our listeners find your book? Oh, thanks, Sharon. Uh, it's on Amazon. So the book is called You Really Can Make a Difference, Seven uh, Strategies Moms Can Use to Support School Readiness for Their Young Child. I also have a website, Tools for Motherhood. You can get the book there. And Sharon, I do have a brand new book coming out first part of December. I've not shared this with anyone yet. Wow, and the book congratulations. Is, thank you. This one is going to build on the foundational book, which is the You really can make a difference. This next book is a resource guide of over a thousand activities that moms can do. And it's broken down into the five main subject areas Mm -hmm. and it's broken down into age appropriate activities and uh, ideas. So that book, Tools for Motherhood, 1000 School Readiness Activities, Moms Can Use with Their Young Child, Zero to Five, will be on Amazon as well. So uh, stay tuned. And uh, I look forward to sharing that with everyone as well. That's awesome. Thank you so much, Mary. Now, Mary, before we end the show, is there anything else that you'd like to share with other gems of mothers out there? <sighs> I guess the most important thing is just realizing that you can make a difference today. Mm -hmm. You can take where your child is at right now. Forget about the years that they've already been in your home. Take today and focus on a couple minutes in the morning, a couple minutes maybe in the afternoon and right before they go to bed. The two most important times of the day are when they first wake up and when they first drift off to sleep. Mm-hmm. Fill their minds with literacy, um, ask them questions, let them know that you love them, squat down at their level, look at them eye to eye, um, just realizing that we can make a difference. We are impacting our child's brain. And I've, I've got this little uh, saying, a few minutes a day is a life changer. Mm-hmm. And uh, that's what I'd like to leave us with. Oh, Mary, that's so awesome. Thank you so much for coming on the show. I so appreciate you sharing all those gem nuggets. And, you know, I'm sure a lot of moms out there really appreciate you sharing about preparing our children to be ready for school and how important for us as mothers to impact our children. Thank you so much, Sharon. A pleasure meeting you and talking with you today. Likewise. Now, I hope you enjoyed this episode of Gems of Motherhood podcast. If you're wanting to connect with more amazing Gems of Mothers and more resources, head over to gemsofmotherhood.com where you can subscribe to the show. That's where you'll find show notes with actionable tips and any links mentioned by our guests. Most importantly, I hope you'll find inspiration to learn to cultivate your own journey. You are loved. You're an incredible gem to God. He knows you intimately and he knows what you're going through. Remember, you're fearfully and wonderfully made in him. Be sure to tune in next week for our next episode.